This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Audible. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joie. And today is Friday, November 27th, 2020. It is Friday of Black Friday. Ooh. And my guest is the awesome Judy Stanford of Gear Diary. Hi, Judy. How are you? Hi, Miriam. I'm good. Yay. So you saw the topics. It's a quiet week, of course, with Thanksgiving and everything. And I was wondering if we can talk a little bit about the LG Wing because I haven't really expanded too much on it in the show here because, well, you know, my review is getting published on Hot Hardware next week sometime. Mm -hmm. You just reviewed it. And that's kind of why I I thought, hey, you know, like this is such a great and unique and different phone. Like I am so stoked about this thing for the first time in a long time. Would I buy one is the question. So what's your initial thought? Like, and then we'll dig into other stuff. Okay, so one of the things I absolutely love about any dual phone, and LG has been really great about making these with their dual cases, is that you can have two different apps open at the same time. I was really hoping going into this that um, the functionality would be there so that you could actually do like a Zoom or a Duo call or Skype call on the, the main screen when it was rotated up in landscape view. And you could do other things like maybe even have extensions of that app, you know, perhaps chat that goes with Zoom in the bottom. And unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Um, Zoom does not work properly. Neither does Duo whenever you try to put it in that orientation. See, I'm jumping into the bad stuff first. I'm going to go there first, then I'll talk about all the things I like. Well, that's a good idea. I I like that. That's that's, that's solid. Because it's important. And I mean, look, with so many teachers and students and other people like us who are having to rely on Zoom or other video conferencing apps during the pandemic, this to me seemed like the absolute killer feature if it worked. But unfortunately, it didn't quite work unless I flipped the phone to the side, okay? Instead of having it with the, um, with the main screen flipped like, you know, horizontally on the top and with the vertical going on the bottom, what I did is I flipped it, I guess, 45 degrees. And by doing yeah. that and having zoom on the smaller screen, I was able to make it work. The camera didn't show me sideways like it does when you try to use it in a, you know, with it horizontally. And all of a sudden, it did become more useful, except it's really hard to do anything on the larger screen while you're using the smaller screen. It's completely awkward. So there is one of the bigger caveats, if that's what you're looking at this type of phone for. However, for (laughs) just about everything else, (laughs) it has been so amazing. And I have to admit that I'm so disappointed I was sent a Verizon version, because had I been sent the AT&T version... I might actually make it my main phone. I don't mind the weight. I don't mind much of anything about it. I really love it. And it's one of those phones that when you whip it out and you start using it for things and pop out, you know, the the main screen into horizontal position and you're using the smaller one and holding it as a gimbal and taking video, people are like, what is that? And I mean, when is the last time you saw a phone and you said, what is that? And that's what I like about it. Yeah. No, I totally agree with a lot of what you're saying. I didn't try too many apps simultaneously, I'll be frank. For me, the mm-hmm. killer app, the thing that made me go, wow, I need this phone. If I were like, 
you know, on in the market is mm-hmm. the gimbal, the gimbal stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, the reality is this, and I write this in my review, is that the only thing that's really optimized for dual screen from the get-go, from LG, from the people who make this phone is the camera app. Right. Because here's the thing. If you go in the gallery from the camera app, you get the preview at the top. And then at the bottom of the small screen, you get, you know, the you can swipe through the photos. You can edit by having the top screen edit video by having the top screen for your timeline, the bottom screen for the the controls. Um, You can watch video as well. The video player has the controls on the bottom. But the funny thing is, if you get out of the camera. Right, and you go to the actual gallery from LG, or mm-hmm. you go to the actual mm-hmm. video player from LG. None of that works. You, you're you're back on one of the two screens. So to me, what it says it's a tease. Yeah, it says LG's only really done this for one thing, and that's the camera app. And the camera, of course, they have yes. some partners, including that. What uh, what was that weird web browser from Korea? Whale uh, something. Whale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, whale. And that is cool because in that in that browser, if you but it's really weird because it took me a while to figure this out. If you fire up YouTube.com on that web browser mm-hmm. and you then go f- full screen on the actual video, it will put the controls and the yes. comments and stuff at the bottom. It's another tease. <laughs> but it doesn't do it until you actually realize what you have to do. Yes. You know what I'm saying? See, this is the thing. When I use an app like that, that's absolutely optimized for that phone. And then I go to other apps that are not. Like I said, it's a tease because I'm sitting here thinking if LG would work with more developers or if this phone could be more popular or if developers were just wanting to try something different. Can you imagine all of the functionality that would be built into this phone automatically if you could open pretty much any app and have controls or you know the the text options or things like that at the bottom without opening another app or you know having to leave that app it it just yeah it begs to be done it begs but i just don't know that this phone is going to catch on but you know since today is black friday i'm going to mention something very quickly oh please do because there are some really <laughs> I was going to ask you, at the, because we don't have a lot of content, I was hoping at the end, since I'm not doing this, but your your site, your diary is actually actively doing sales today. Yes. Um, this yes. is going to be published probably Saturday. So I want you to tell us, if you come across anything we talk about that you want to pimp out for your site, please do. Well, and that's the thing. LG is running some really great specials right now on quite a few of their phones. But the LG Wing, for instance... You can get it for $350 at T-Mobile or at AT&T. T-Mobile is buy one, get one free. Get that, wow. okay? And Verizon is also doing it for free. Now, I'm sure you have to do a new account or a new number. All of the, you know, all the usual conditions apply. However, if this is something that you've thought about, you know, oh, that's an interesting phone, I don't know, go into your carrier store and take a look at it and play with it. See if it's too heavy for you, because it may be. It is a slightly heavier phone. But look, we use heavy phones all the time. Yeah. I use the Samsung S20 Ultra for months and months yeah, and months. Yeah. And I loved it. <laughs> I loved the size. I hated the camera, not going to lie. You totally told me that, and I bought it, and I could have kicked <laughs> myself. You told me, and you were right. Well, at the time, I didn't know that we were getting the Note 20 Ultra, which fixes all of that. Right, right, absolutely. And honestly, the Note 20 Ultra to this day is still one of my favorite phones of 2020. And it I, actually, in my review of the Wing, I compared that because the Note 20 Ultra is a heavy phone. It's not 260 grams heavy. It's about 210. Yeah. So 
if you're used to something that bulky, I don't think you're going to be too uh, surprised or annoyed with the wing. But if you're used to something like, right. you know, a Pixel 5. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pixel 4, yes, yes. It's a little heavier than that. It is. Well, and it's shocking. It's shocking to go from a smaller phone like that to, yeah. to that phone. Yeah. And, um, you know, or if you're using like one of the lighter Samsung S20 series. Yeah, the, the base S20 comparatively. Like, you know, it's like a monster compared to the base S20. It right? is. Yeah. But I have never had a problem with using a larger phone or even a heavier phone. I like heavy things because I am a weirdo and that's fine. But, you know, I, I like to feel something substantial, especially, you know, if I've spent $1,000 on it or $800 on it. To me, it like is a sign of quality, which makes me laugh. Okay, here's a story from a long, long time ago. Do you remember how light cell phones could be in the past? And I'm talking in the past, like in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. I remember, I remember hearing a specific manufacturer mentioning at one of the Mobius concert, um, conferences that I went to, they said that they actually added a small lead weight to the phone to make it feel heavier because people associate weight with quality, or that's how it was. Now, of course, everybody's like, thin and light, thin and light. But I just appreciated that so much because it was like he was speaking my language. Give me a little <laughs> bit heavier phone. But I'd rather now that it be a battery that's making it heavier. Yeah, Give me that yeah. 6,000 milliamp battery. You know, well, I think yeah. only one person or one company is really doing that now. But yeah. Yeah, it's funny you brought up Mobius. Oh my God, that brings, brings me back a long time. I wasn't part of the Mobius thing, but I've heard about it. Yeah. You know, so the thing about it for me with the Wing is I often forgot I had a dual screen phone. Like I often used it as a slab. And mm -hmm. okay, so to be clear, anybody who buys this phone, it works just like a normal phone with a pop-up selfie camera, right? Yes. Everything works. What I love specifically about the Wing of all the LG phones we got this year, I had a lot of quibbles, quabbles, whatever, issues with the other two phones. The V60 mm -hmm. for me is a really great phone. It's at the time well-priced for what it was. Now, this is an old mm -hmm. phone now. I wouldn't recommend it. We're about to get right. a new Snapdragon chip and probably a new flagship from LG, hoping they've learned from the Velvet and the Wing to make something really stand out. Like if they can do something like the Moto Edge Plus, and, and I'm saying that because Moto really finally gave us a flagship that was worthy of that name. So it's still not the best and they still didn't do it 100% right. But it's, to my, in my opinion, I think the Moto Edge Plus is a better phone than the V60. Depends on your priorities. Also, pricing differences. I don't like the waterfall sure. display on that versus the V60. Mm. The V60 has dual case. But here's what killed me for the V60. It was no telephoto on a flagship. And, and at the time, like now it's been more common, right? Like a lot of companies have dropped the telephoto from their mid-range-ish mm -hmm. phone or like mm -hmm. from their affordable flagship, like the OnePlus 8T does, still doesn't have a telephoto. And we can talk about that in a minute. But to me, for LG saying this is, you know, after coming from the V50, which had a telephoto right. and was, in my opinion, right. the best of the V phones, we went down a step. And it was also a really big and bulky phone because even though it is... 6.8 inches, which is the same size as the wing and the velvet. It doesn't have the curved edges, so it feels wider, etc., etc. So then the velvet comes out. Hold on, I'm going to stop you yeah. right there, though. 
I appreciate the flat screen. I am a flat screen lover. Mm. I don't like I love the edges too. being beveled. So, so that was one of the high points for me on that phone, you know, was the fact that it had the flat screen, which I know we're going to talk about OnePlus in a moment, but that's one of the things I love about the 8T. It's like having that flat screen and not feeling yeah. like my fingers are sliding off or I'm accidentally hitting things or it's, I don't know. It's just, I'm not a fan. I agree. But the, the thing about the 8T that makes it, manageable with a flat screen is that the width stays pretty narrow because the total size of the screen is 6.5 sure. or whatever, right? So yeah. I think that when you get a higher than that, I think that going 21 by 9 aspect ratio makes mm -hmm. more sense. Like you can have bigger screen, but keep the width under control and then keep the screen flat. I want all the manufacturers to do that. And I was very excited when Samsung with the S20 series really reduced that, that waterfall effect quite a bit. And I have to say that on the wing, like the velvet, the waterfall effect isn't very pronounced. It's not like the Mate 30 or Mate 40 Pro or right. like the, the worst, which is the Edge and Edge Plus from Moto, right? Oh, yeah. And you, you're not losing, like when you're trying to frame a photo, you're not losing the, the top and bottom of your photo to the viewfinder, <laughs> right. right? But But I think that for me... I was going to say the velvet, I was super excited about a change in design because I felt that one of the other things, and it, this is, you know, really subjective because most of the time, if you're, you know, a normal user, you buy a phone that's cost that much money, like a V60, and then you put it in a case, mm -hmm. right? So it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But the industrial design of the V series was dated. And I really felt like the V60 was actually not very elegant. Like I thought the original V30, for example, was a pretty good looking phone in that design language. And then it somehow kind of got stale over time. And the V60 just feels really old fashioned to me. So then the velvet comes along. I'm like, ah, oh, fresh design. And it's right. a big phone. Like the velvet is very deceivingly big because it's sleek looking, but you hold, mm -hmm. it's a 6.8 inch phone. It's the same display other than the fact that the velvet has a notch. It's the same display as the wing, right? The footprint of the wing is almost identical to the footprint mm -hmm. of the velvet. It's just three millimeters thicker because of the swivel and, of course, right. the, the weight, right? But to right. me, I love how heavy and substantial that wing feels. Like, it feels like I could throw at someone and knock them out. Like, that's, you know, it's like a weapon almost. And not that I would do <laughs> yes. that. Yes, you know, sure. You never know. <laughs> well, when I was on a Twitch show with Leo Laporte a few years back, we, uh -huh. I was reviewing the BlackBerry Classic on the air. You remember the BlackBerry Classic? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the last BlackBerry they did with like their own OS, right? And that looked like a bold 9000. And I remember saying to him, it feels substantial and heavy and, and really premium. And it was. I mean, it's definitely not as heavy as the wing. I mean, this is years ago. Phones weren't as heavy. But I said to him, I said, yeah, it feels like a weapon. It feels like you can kill adversaries with this phone if they're not agreeable to you as a business person, you know, like in this weird way. I totally get that. That um, that was one of the things I used to love about the Virtu phones, which I reviewed several of them. And oh, yeah. They were dumb. They were dumb. They were ridiculously overpriced. But the materials that they were made of and the build quality was so ridiculously exceptional. You would hold one and you felt like you were holding something, well, special. of substance. Yeah. Something special. And mm -hmm. but heavy enough to use as a weapon. 
It's like, <laughs> and I mean, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm a woman. I don't know. But I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I'm traveling. I have basically got a brick in my hand. So don't attack me. You know, it's like, I got this. This must be a woman thing because I, I'm also feeling like, <laughs> what would I do with this if I had to kind of thing, you know? Yes, yes. I always think about this, you know, because I carry multiple phones. I always think about if I get mugged right now, which phone do I destroy? Like in the sense right. of, you know, you know me, it would, I would make a fuss. And I would probably, what I would probably do is grab the phone I like the least in my pocket and throw it on the floor and stomp on it really hard and say, you want my phone? Have my phone, you know? Yeah. Um, and of course, they wouldn't think or know that I had another or two or more on me. Or five. <laughs> yes. But speaking of uh, fancy things, I'm holding, I don't know if you can see it because Skype is blurring stuff. This is the Watch GT2 from Huawei. Oh, okay. Yes. yes. It is titanium and sapphire. That is slick. It feels like a million bucks. Hold it up and let me see how thick it is again. It is pretty that big. Is this is their big model. Beautiful. No, I like that. I like but that. But it's sapphire and titanium, and I've been using it as my current smartwatch. Mm -hmm. It is more of a, a smart band than a smartwatch because it doesn't sure. have like apps. It's basically like the Huawei bands and the Honor bands, but yeah. grown up in size with a beautiful high quality OLED and a bigger battery. And the best part of this is two week battery life. Heck yeah. And wireless charging and, and IP rating and everything. What I like about it is that it does notification. It does step tracking. It does all the things I need, but it doesn't do apps. I don't need freaking, what is it, Google Maps on Have my... you tried this phone? Not the Zep. yet. Okay, no. so the Zep E, I'm going to hold that up and show you. It is one of the most beautiful. All right, now look, I'm going to tell you straight up. My daily driver is the Withings HR. Yeah, okay? I see that. And um, I love it, but... When I got the Zep E, look at that screen. Look at that watch. Wow. It is so unbelievably sleek. Two-week battery life. Um, does all of the tracking, can give you notifications, but I always turn that off because I really don't like to get those on my wrist. I want to track my sleep, which it does very well. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like, you know, those are the things I want to know because I, I don't know about you, Marianne, but I am like... I don't know, I get bouts of insomnia sometimes or I'll stay up till two and be up at seven and get like yeah. five hours sleep. And I need to like watch myself with that, you know? And so it's important to me to track my sleep. Now, granted, my bed tracks my sleep. I have a sleep number oh, bed. Wow. So there's that. <laughs> then I have the watch I'm wearing, which is tracking my sleep. I can be obsessive about this. So, you know, when I notice discrepancies between the no, two. No, I like tracking my sleep. <laughs> I actually use a, a, a regular Huawei band for that because this watch, honestly, I don't think mm -hmm. I could sleep with it. It's too big and bulky. It is big. And it does great. It has the same algorithm. The one, I, have, I have to be honest, of all those sleep tracking, I haven't tried the Withings, uh, but I have tried a whole bunch of cheaper sleep trackers mm -hmm. and the Apple Watch. And the Apple Watch, because it finally has sleep tracking. I bought a Watch SC. I used it for a while. Uh, Theo's using it now. Mm -hmm. And the Watch SC was phenomenal. Like, I'm really impressed with what Apple's done for that price point, particularly things like it auto-detects when you're washing your hands and it starts a countdown and it vibrates at the end of the countdown. So you oh, don't have to do nice. anything. All you have to do is run the water and start, like, move the motion. It, it detects the water running and the motion of your hands and it starts a countdown. And, and in the COVID times, it's really great because I know I've done my minimum. It's It says 15 seconds as a minimum and, and I'm happy with that. But... 
you have to charge it every day almost. And sleep tracking on I was going to ask, what is that battery life? Uh, battery life is actually a day and a half, but technically that means you have to charge it every day mm. because you have to get into yeah. a pattern, right? And so when do yeah. you charge it, right? And that's the challenge. I, I charged it when I was in the shower, I guess. But yeah, it was two weeks is such a whole different thing. You know, just take it out for an hour. You put it on the charger for an hour. It's charged again. You you don't have tracking for an hour, but that's fine. You know, maybe I'm sitting at my desk anyway for that hour and it's right next to me, right? Um, but right. the Apple Watch, yeah, that's the thing. And the Apple Watch also, one of the things I didn't like is I didn't need any of the apps. I never listened to music directly from the watch with right. the, like Bluetooth right. headphones. I never use the maps on a watch. I just want notifications, good sleep tracking, good uh, health tracking. And that uh, hand washing thing was... The the killer app for me it felt felt like in this time but it's brilliant here's the thing about the apple watch it does phone calls it has siri built in it's really cool like you can you also uh, you can't do payments with this huawei watch and and i've right. had you know a samsung uh watch for a long time and i have samsung mm-hmm. pay on that and on apple watch you have apple pay and i have to say paying with your watch is even cooler and it's not just look i'm a cool kid thing it's more like it's you don't even have to go in your pocket. You just click a button yes. on the watch. You hold the watch against, and the way Apple does it's amazing. It detects your heartbeat, and it's how it detects that the watch is unlocked. So you have to unlock it every time you put it on, right? Manually mm-hmm. with a code. Yes. But once it's on you, it detects if you take it off, and it gives you a leeway of about five seconds if it doesn't touch your mm-hmm. skin before it locks itself again. Uh-huh. But it actually detects your heartbeat and it knows your heartbeat or something. It's sense. kind of like crazy. Sure. This is crazy Apple stuff. Like, I love it. <laughs> but the other thing that I felt about the Apple Watch was interesting was that, you know, I just don't feel that I need that much of a full-fledged device on my wrist. Right. And sleep tracking on Apple Watch is the worst thing ever. Like, I do not understand uh. what Apple is thinking. Apple, I think, is trying to get you to a regular sleep pattern. That's kind of their goal. So they're forcing you to set a start and an end time for your sleep. Mm-hmm. And they're f- like half an hour, 45 minutes before your sleep time, they remind you and they say, okay, like you can actually tell it to put your phone automatically on do not disturb at that point. And you change the screen color to that the less blue light thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like all this makes perfect sense, but that's not how I live my life. Right, right. I have naps randomly in the middle of the day when I'm tired and stuff. Like Absolutely. Huawei's trackers, I never have to worry about. It knows when I'm napping. It knows when I'm sleeping. I don't set anything and it start, It tracks my sleep. So I get a full count at the end of the day if I've taken a nap and everything. Apple doesn't do that. Apple is just like, oh, oh I went to bed at three instead of the one o'clock I told the watch. Well, guess what? I'm two hours short on my sleep and it tells me right. that. And I'm like, no, dude, I slept until noon. I'm fine. I slept nine hours. But it doesn't right. tell you that on the watch. It says, oh, you only slept six hours. I'm like, no, I didn't. Like, that sounds like a fatal flaw. <laughs> it's just, I think it's just they're looking for people who have very regular lives. And I'm not, I'm not that not person. Not me. <laughs> yeah. Who is anymore, especially in the middle of the pandemic? It's like all of our patterns are messed up. Everything is so strange. It, yeah. Well, okay. So if you want to talk about battery life, the withings, okay? 25 oh, yeah. days. Yeah, yeah, excellent for sure. sleep checking. Yeah. Excellent everything. And their Withings Health app is fantastic, the HealthMate. So there's a lot of good choices out there right now. Your Huawei watch, though, is beautiful. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, no, I, I just brought it up because you talked about Virtu and you talked about like yeah, materials that are premium. Absolutely. Because this Apple Watch pricing, it's not cheap because it's sapphire and titanium, but you can buy sure. a regular. There's a regular model that's just metal and glass. 
Gorilla mm-hmm. Glass or whatever. And that one's the sure. same functionality for less. It's just they sent me the fancy one and I'm, I feel like I feel totally bling every time I wear it. But <laughs> yes. the nice thing is it's very understated. Like when you look at it from like you couldn't tell if it's anodized aluminum or titanium. It just looks gray and the glass looks like well, glass, but it's sapphire, so it's unscratchable. Does that have a does that have a PVD finish on it? It looked like it was black. Yeah, so. it is. It's machine titanium, so okay, okay. I think it has to have a coating because titanium does oxidize. I think, but it's um probably PVD coated titanium is what I bet. But it's it's spun, yeah. so it's not like it doesn't have that anodized feel that aluminum yeah. has when it's been. PVD'd, it has mm-hmm. more of like it looks like it, it got brushed in one direction. Like it's hard. To, it's yeah. very, very. It's very nicely done. I mean, Huawei knows how to make nice things, as we they know. They do. They make very nice things. But let's go back to the wing for a second. So, <laughs> yes. like, this is exactly what I wanted for this show because we we don't have a lot to talk about. So let's let's get carried away. <laughs> We're just all over the map. You gave me a list, and I was like, well, <laughs> whatever. You did the right thing to talk about your watch experience. Well, I, I don't talk enough about watches on the show. And, and since we're talking about them quickly, before we get back to the wing i want to mention that yeah. i've been playing with the oppo watch for quite a while on and off like i got mine in september or something or mm-hmm. august and i haven't mentioned on the podcast very much it is an android wear os watch mm-hmm. and honestly it's one of the best i've ever used and i think i hate to say this because i love round watches more than square because i'm a watch uh-huh. person and i want my watches to look like watches but there is something to say after using the Apple Watch SE and after using the Apple Watch, which is also rectangular, there's something to say about smartwatches that are really trying to be computers on your wrist having a square screen because right. it just fits better. Everything, user interfaces would just work better. And the Apple Watch had pretty decent battery life, um, I'd say almost two days, like my Samsung Wear watch. Greg reviewed it on our site and he really loved it, but he felt like the, the worst thing about it, honestly, was Wear OS. He ran into a bunch of limitations. Yeah. Well, it is. And ultimately, that's the thing. The hardware is fantastic. I think the form factor is fantastic. Yes. I think the battery life is pretty decent for a smartwatch. It has, yeah. it has Google Pay, which is fantastic. You know, good yes. good tracking features. I don't think it has sleep tracking, but good like uh, regular tracking features. But you're right. Wear OS is just feels like it, you know, it feels from another era. It feels like Android yeah. 8 or 9 today, right? Like you're like, nah, Seven. no thanks. <laughs> I want my Android 11 now or whatever, right? right, especially, if you're, right? <laughs> especially if you're a Pixel user. And that's the thing about the Wing, right? Like Android 10 and the software from LG really, I think LG needs to reboot their skin. Like it's not an offensive skin. Like no. It's pretty optimized. It runs well. It is not horribly ugly, but it's not aesthetically very pleased. It reminds me of Samsung before One UI. You remember like the, not touch with, I do. but that, those gaudy colors, the weird right. icon design, settings in the weird places. It's just icky. You know, but see, to me, I like the LG skin better than I like the Samsung skin. Oh, so you like it better than One UI, huh? I like the fact that okay, Samsung. It's like I wanna, I wanna swipe right, and I wanna see Google News. Samsung's like, no, you've got to look at our crappy Samsung Center here. And if you don't want to look at it, you can just turn it off yeah, and get that's nothing. A good point. <laughs> yeah. See, so that's stuff I don't yeah, like. I I changed the launcher on my Samsung phones. I use Nova. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. But should yeah. you have to do that? Should you have to? It's like... Well, a lot of the Chinese phones I review, the skins are so bad. 
that I just oh. change it with Nova Launcher, right? You do so. review a lot more Chinese phones than I do. So that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I appreciate that LG at least is like, oh, okay, you're using an Android phone. Maybe you'd like to get a little bit more of the Google experience. Let us give it to you. I appreciate that. But I mean, look, if we're going to rate skins, I mean, for Android, Pixel will always be my oh, top yeah. pick just yeah. because it is so pure and so clean and so fantastic and all the little features that they built in like you know my music that's playing in the background oh what is that song and i look at my screen and it's like oh here's one you've never heard of before there it is you know and yeah i don't have to like pull up soundhound to do any of that stuff so i love pixel there's so many things about it they're they're we went way off track didn't we that's okay that's right <laughs> don't, don't worry i'm keeping track okay good but then you know get a OnePlus. that's my next favorite yeah. because it's it's almost as clean and then i would say lg and then i would say samsung maybe if there's probably not like another one i could think of to slide in there yeah moto comes before all of that moto and android really? one which is on Nokia uh -huh. phones because android uh -huh. one is is a google product it's yeah. the non-skin version of android ironically pixel phones are now skinned with the pixel launcher right right, right. and and of course all the pixel features like uh the the call hold now the automatic hold the i can't live without yes. call screening that's what i'm finding when i switch to the oneplus 8 pro I was like, yes. where's my call screening? And um, you missed that very quickly. But but the thing very. is, for me, it's Google Pixel skin or whatever interface. Then it's OnePlus Oxygen OS 10, which is the, the outgoing. Mm -hmm. This is OnePlus Oxygen OS 11, which honestly, I don't understand all the drama around that. People are complaining. And I'm like, look, yeah. change the color back to the old color, which you can do easily in the settings. Right. And yes, I agree. It does look a little bit more like One UI from Samsung, where the top half has these big things and the bottom half. But if ergonomically, that's more accessible. Like every control is yes. thumb accessible. Yes. And I do think that's a good optimization. Yes, it does look a little like Samsung. But I think, look... Of all the Chinese phones you can get, that is probably mm -hmm. the best UI there is, okay? And it's really good. And then to Agreed. me after that, there's Moto because Moto just uses uh, standard Android, almost like Android 1, and then adds a couple of f things like the double chop to turn on the flashlight. Like there's a whole bunch of cool little yeah. Moto things yeah. that I think are been there for a really long time now so they've really optimized them and really mm -hmm. tweaked them so that they're reliable and then after that i think android one as found on nokia phones and other android mm -hmm. one phones and then after that for me it's samsung before lg definitely like i think i would never have said that before one ui but one ui to them me fight words <laughs> In, in despite the, okay i'm i have to agree with you this i need the discover feed on the left so i changed the launcher mm -hmm. but Right. The thing, you know, on Android, when you skin something, you can't change a lot of things like settings, quick settings, notification bar, all that stays the same. And I feel that Samsung's really reformed those areas. Like, I feel that in the old Samsung skin, like everything was a mess and all over the place, kind of like LG. Whereas I now agree. with One UI, it's like closer to the, like once you change the launcher to get your discover page again, you're closer to what was meant to happen. And... Yes, you do have to change the launcher. and But that's the thing. Almost every phone, I quickly evaluate the launcher. If it doesn't have Discover, another pet peeve of mine is if the app, if it doesn't have an app tray by default or if, yeah. I, or if I have to turn it on or if I have the app tray but the scrolling on the apps is sideways instead of up and down. You know, the pages mm -hmm. I saw. Like that mm -hmm. is like... Uh, 
<laughs> big X cross, you lose, I'm getting my own launcher. Isn't it funny though, the little things that we get so like picky about that I, I guess it's just totally your experience, your preferences. Yeah. But it's like when you go from one phone to another, as often as we do, yeah. it's like, you know, you have the things you like and you have the things you tolerate and you have the things you absolutely cannot stand. And it's like, I get it. Okay, fine. Put the new launcher on there. But I honestly still feel like though, why should you shouldn't you have, have to. to? Yeah. 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 So the ones I never change the launcher, obviously, are Pixel, uh, mm -hmm. OnePlus, Moto, mm -hmm. Google One. But I do change mm -hmm. the launcher on LG. I do change the launcher on... The reason I change the launcher on LG, even though it does apply the rules of it has Discover and it scrolls mm -hmm. vertically. No, actually, it scrolls sideways. That's the thing. It does scroll sideways. Yes. That's probably what kills it for and you. And that's the thing that pisses me off. <laughs> See, I don't get as uptight about that. So that's not been a deal breaker for me. But it sounds like that's a total deal breaker for you. But I also changed the keyboard to uh, the Gboard on every phone that I can. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Every phone. Yeah. Yeah. And then I am a button person. I am not a gesture mm -hmm. swipe person. I, oh, not me. I cannot believe this because, you know, you'd think as most of my contemporary journalists have switched over to gestures now. I am so gestured. <laughs> that Android has a unified gesture system across all Android mm -hmm. phones, right? Remember in the days yeah. when it started, Huawei had their own, Google had their own, everybody had their oh, own. Oh, yeah. But now it's standardized since Android 9 or 10. But I cannot, yeah. I cannot, I can't, I can't, I cannot. Aww. No, I'm sticking with my freaking buttons. Get off my lawn. Okay, so this is why I think it was so easy for me to go to gestures. I went from the iPhone XS. I'm sorry, it's not a 10S, yeah, it's an XS. XS. It is a total uh, XS. Anyway, um, so I went from that phone, which I absolutely loved. Um, I became a member of Team Pixel, and they sent me the 3XL to try. And that was the first... Android phone that I'd used where everything felt right, but it felt very close to my experience with the iPhone XS. Right. And yeah. so it was so easy to jump right into gestures on there. It was just so already ingrained into me from being on iPhone after they had changed their whole system, you know, where there was no button anymore. Or yeah, like yeah, it yeah. had, you know what I'm saying? It, it just, it was, it was so, it was better. So that got me into gestures much better than like trying to just, okay, I'm on one Android phone and now I have an Android phone with gestures. Let me, you know what I mean? So that, that made the move very easy and I have never looked back. If I get a phone that's showing buttons, that is the first thing I change. Cause you know, some of them, it seems like they come with that as options. I'm like, hell no, get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I am all about the gestures. I love, I love not having any extra room taken up at the bottom of the screen for buttons, you know, on screen or otherwise. I like just swiping. I like flipping. I like, you know, it, it, to me, it's just become second nature and like breathing as far as using the phone. So I like those. I think I'd, I could adapt. I just am too lazy to or something because I know I still have that crutch. <laughs> you are not lazy. Don't even say that. I know it's true. I, I use iPhones. I have an iPhone 11 for my video uh -huh. recording work and I'm totally, totally switched over on iPhones. But yeah. as soon as I touch an Android phone, I immediately, my brain switches somehow and I'm like, where's my, where are my buttons? Like I'm faster with Android uh -huh. somehow by muscle memory. Also, I have to have the back button on the left. So if I get a phone that has like Samsung that's reversed, where, you know, the buttons are in the wrong order, in my opinion, wrong. You have to go edit them. You know, according to Google, wrong. 
I uh, changed them. Yeah, I changed them. A lot of Chinese phones and, of course, Samsung by default have the back button closer to your thumb if you're right-handed, which makes sense. But I'm not that person. It needs to be on the left, like on Pixel. Yes, Because I, I came from Nexus, you know. So, yeah, anyway, all this to say about the wing that <laughs> the software for me is what lets it down. Yeah, I see we, we came back, right? Like, I, I just... <gasps> I am so proud of you. Like right now, you yes. just amazed me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Way to bring it back. I know. So the, the thing about the wing for me was the software. Like mm -hmm. going back to what I was saying about the velvet, I think that the velvet industrial design seeps very much into the wing. Like the wing has a different camera pod that looks more like a, a Note 20 Ultra in the back. It's it's mm -hmm. a pretty big camera pod. And I like it though. It looks pretty manly and stuff. It's like, oh, I'm a camera pod. No excuses. <laughs> and I like that about phones. I like phones that don't apologize about their cameras, okay? Especially That's something right. like that that has like the gimbal thing, right? And so yes. then in the front, it's more like a velvet. And then you, you, you swivel it open and people's brains explode. Like I've done it in public. Yes. And people literally stopped the conversations, in the, you know, outside the coffee shop stopped. Everybody's looking at me. I'm like, what? What? This is like a total inspector gadget phone. It's like, it's, it's awesome. It's James Bond. Yes. I'm like, your phone, I'm like, it swivels. Yeah. You can buy it. It's out now. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, phones don't have to be boring. You don't have to be on an iPhone. Okay. That's right. <laughs> Crazy. I hate to say that because iPhones are phenomenal and I would never recommend people buy an Android phone over an iPhone if they are either an iPhone user already or if they're coming from sure. a non-smartphone in 2020. Like, go buy an iPhone. It's just way easier. <laughs> um, but the Wing for me... It's a phone I can't, it's like the, the, it's like I said earlier, the Galaxy Note 20 Ultra. The camera is so good on that phone. I can't put it down. Like it's still in my circulation, even though most Samsung great. phones in the past have been retired after a week sure. or two. The, the wing is the same. I've been reviewing it for about a month and I'm still like, oh, let's take the wing, you know? And, yeah. and it's like, I don't know how to explain it. It is super cool. And the mechanism that swivel is sublime. It is, it is like spring-loaded and dampened <laughs> yes. hydraulically. And it's just, you can feel like you'll never break the thing. And here's the thing that blows my yes. mind. LG was able to make this splash-proof IP54. Like that's right? not, you can't dunk it in water. But if you splash it, like you're fine. And yeah. that's like, how is that possible? There's a pop-up camera on the thing. There is like this complicated mechanism. Wow right? Yes. Oh, no, that that phone truly to me, like I said, if it was an AT&T phone, it would be my daily driver because I really like it that much. But I'm not a Verizon customer. And that's what my review unit was. Yeah, I know. I've got the Verizon version. And, and speaking of, I yeah. just want to mention, since I live in the city of San Francisco, you know, you live out in Texas. Absolutely in the sticks. <laughs> you said it, I didn't. So because um, <gasps> it's true. <laughs> you might get AT&T 5G at some point, though, right? Um, let me put it this way, because I live 35 miles from the next largest town, which is only about 100,000 people. Right now, I am just thankful to have solid 4G LTE. That's good. And yes, so 5G, I think we'll probably have it in the next five years. Are we on anyone's priority? No. We need to go to, to Starlink website, Elon Musk's satellite uh, thing. Okay. They have a beta application right now. I applied. 
and they tend to prioritize people who live out in the boonies because obviously really? they want your location. So Starlink costs $100 a month service and $500 uh-huh. up front for the hardware. And it's satellite-based internet at roughly 200 megabits per second down, 20 megabits up, and a latency of about 20 milliseconds. Wow. So there are some YouTube videos out there of some of the early beta users. You should check it out. For you, I think this would be a game changer. The satellite dish is auto-adjusting. It has motors on uh-huh. it. It's a small dish. It's about the size of two heads you can mount it on a vehicle even if you have to and it's really impressive it's the one of the things that you know crazy elon has done for us right he's done he's brought us back to this space sounds amazing he's made incredible electric cars i have a tesla model 3 i'm a little biased i'm, yes. I'm, not, I'm not an elon fan i have issues with the guy but well, the third thing he's done is starlink and like wow like now that it's real and people are using it i'm like holy crap so i applied for the beta i'm probably not going to get in because i live in the city sure but i want it for my camper van i want to have it so that when yeah. i travel I can just plop it out outside, it auto-adjusts and finds its signal, and bang, I'm on the internet in the middle of freaking, like, Yosemite, okay? I literally have heard nothing about this service. I don't even know how. I mean, I do not, by any means, consider my head to be under any rocks, and I didn't know about this, so I will check it out. It's, look, the service I have right now is $150 a month. It's a wireless service, um, and I get 50 down and I'm supposed to get four up, but sometimes I'm lucky if I get two and that 50 is generally closer to 30. So that sounds phenomenal. Phenomenal. So the question with Starlink right now, and this is why I think you should look into it and and essentially become a beta user because it'll take you a while as a beta user to get, to get signed on. And then you can try it and cancel if you don't like, but I think the thing that's very different than any previous satellite internet is the equipment is cheaper and more compact. There's mm-hmm. very little adjustment to do to get the signal because it's self-adjusting. But more importantly, it's affordable for the equipment and the price. And you get performance that's like it's pretty much standard performance for cable or you know, even fiber, right? And that yeah. was what he promised. He was like, I want to revolutionize internet. I want you to be anywhere in the world and get fast internet. He's literally built these tiny satellites. They're about the size of like a smaller than like a kitchen sink and the thousands of them he's deployed they're out there and it's actually pissing off astronomers because it's leaving trails <laughs> in the sky that is up, like affecting scientists ability to that. observe the sky and there was a whole yeah. bunch of articles around that and the second generation of satellites they launched actually designed to less reflect less light so that the astronomers it won't interfere with the instruments as much it's crazy stuff that's fantastic that's why i'm surprised you haven't heard any of this because it's like being on the tech news forever. i swear it's it's like I, I have not, if I read it, I like glanced at it and moved right along and didn't see the relevancy. And now, okay, I messed up. Now I'm going to have to learn all about it. This is fantastic. I hope to get it at some point for, for the camper van. But for you, I think it would make a lot more sense. And I think, I think right. it's interesting because, you know, they're really breaking down the problem of speed on satellite and ubiquity. Mm-hmm. And the question is, how will it scale, right? So that's the big, that's the big unknown. So I think sure. go into this knowing that maybe the performance you get initially might decrease a little bit. But if it's still above, like, say, 100 megabits down and like 10, 15 megabits up, I think you're going to be, be in business, right? <laughs> yes. 
The reason I'm bringing this up is because you out in the middle of nowhere, so no 5G. I, I didn't think AT&T had reached there yet. No. <laughs> but for me, I finally got millimeter wave in San Francisco. So I was able to test the wing on millimeter wave Verizon. You like it? Oh, man, it's fast. I mean, it's it's completely impractical. You're standing outside. Like, I mean, it's San right. Francisco, so it's not cold. It's okay. Yeah. Like, but you're standing outside in the sunshine, like line of sight from an antenna at an intersection of a, st- of a street corner with cars whizzing by and you're like "Ooh, look at that 1.5 gigabits per second right it's super yeah. fast i was getting 1.5 gigabits down and about 300 200 megabits up you wow. know like boom and what do you use that for like i'm almost tempted when i have to upload a video for my youtube channel right now to run out there it's like it's about five blocks from my house Seriously? with the wing with the video on the wing and go like i'm gonna put this youtube video on youtube in about 10 seconds you ready one two click and then but I haven't done that because I'm not that stupid. I have a question. I have a question then. Since you've actually been able to test millimeter wave, do you find that the case on your wing causes any kind of interference with your with your signal? Because we're hearing that some of the cases on these on these millimeter wave phones will. Do you see that as an issue? I don't because I think the case we all got for review, I've got the exact right. same case as you, is was designed uh, by an LG partner. Sure. It's honestly problem free like i'm actually getting better okay. performance on the lg wing than on the tcl 10 uh, 5g wow. uw so yeah yeah you know and and i talked to brad about this and they were looking into it i think there was a software update it wasn't completely unrelated like it was nothing bad on the sure just they're supposed to get the same numbers in the same location right because they're both right. snapdragon 765g like there's yeah. nothing okay but the wing honestly out of the box is the so far of the three millimeter wave phones i've tested which include the nokia 8V, 5G UW. God, I hate Verizon's naming. I mean. <laughs> of all three of those, the wing is still the fastest at millimeter wave uh, by a little bit. Like I'm getting, oh, oh my God, I'm not getting 1.5 gigabits on the Nokia. I'm getting 1.4 gigabits. Ah, it's crazy, right? That is so neat. Yeah. For me, the wing, I think it's the kind of phone, like I said in my review, when it comes out, you'll read it. It's like, you don't need that phone. Nobody needs that phone. But sure. you're really gonna want it, yeah. and and here's the thing: if you buy, if you're the kind of person that listens to this podcast and buys a new phone every six months or a year, just you know it's pandemic times. Just humor yourself. Go and buy one. Yes, <laughs> because first of all, it's a carrier thing, so you can probably get a super good deal, especially right now on Black Friday yes. uh, weekend. And and just use it for six months and get something else and enjoy it because it's so different and it gives you a perspective mm-hmm. on where we might be going. And yes, you know, the software compatibility, the app compatibility, we talked about that is kind of wonky, but the gimbal is really cool. Now it's not like the Vivo X50 Pro, X51 5G, which are the same phones in different markets that have an actual gimbal, like a camera is mounted where the sensor and the lens are both mounted on little motors and it actually moves the whole thing around right. to like stabilize it. It's not like that. It's all done in software. The, mm-hmm. the, the extra ultra-wide camera on the back is mounted sideways so that you can use it with this swivel deployed and it stabilizes by basically moving uh, a 1080p window within the 12 megapixel sensor, right? And it works pretty well. It's not as high quality, the 1080p output from the gimbal cam, as if you just do 1080p recording with the main cam, but it's good enough for vlogging and video work. You know, you can't get 4K out of that camera, so don't expect it. But I feel like it's nice to have a phone in your hand that doesn't need to be mounted on a gimbal if you want to do some kind of, 
super stable video work, right? Um, yes. And that that is that is the, the killer app for me. That and you know, I, I think about it and I look like it's a lot of money, a thousand dollars. But it's really not when you think about it. For what you're getting, the the coolness of it, the quality of the the mechanism, and more importantly, that gimbal feature. If that's something you're into, these are worth a thousand dollars. And here's the best part: it's essentially a velvet in terms of specs. Yeah, like it's got a Snapdragon 765G, but it has more RAM, eight gigs versus six. Mm-hmm. More storage, two fifty six gigs mm-hmm. versus one twenty eight. You get micro SD. You get wireless charging. You do not have a headphone jack, unlike other LG phones. So that's a big problem. Or the digital audio converter. That's gone too. Yeah, that's gone too. But that was gone on the Velvet as well. So, you know. Right. That seems to be the new norm. But here's what's better than the Velvet. They get the V60 cameras, like the two main cameras, the ultra wide and the main 64 has got OIS. So you're getting a very good camera system um, that I think is competitive with Snapdragon 865 flagships other than the mm-hmm. lack of telephoto so that's kind of that's kind of my my summary for the for the wing <laughs> oh my god we like talked about that for over an hour well with a lot of diversions a lot of diversions do you want to quickly jump into the other news? the rest is just going to be news so we might yeah let's do it let's do it okay so the the big exciting thing for me this week and i'm getting a review unit it's on the way i'm a little behind some of the reviewers have gotten theirs Xiaomi was very apologetic that didn't get me the phone in time for the embargo, but I am super stoked about this phone. This is the Poco M3, the new cheap Poco phone. Basically, like it's in the Moto E, Moto G fast kind of realm of things. And it's $129 on special. It's and it's going to go up to $149. Now, this is not sold in the US officially, as far as I know. It's a European right. and Asian model. But you're getting all the Poco goodness for. That cheap. So the specs are, uh, you get a 1080p, which is very rare at that price. 1080p, normally all these phones are 720p. You get 1080p LCD IPS, right? It's mm-hmm. 60 hertz, like don't get crazy here. 6.5 <laughs> inches, right? So that's that's fine. And yeah. then you get, you get a Snapdragon 662. So it's 600 series, yeah. 4 gigs of yeah. RAM, you know, like 64 gigs of storage with micro USB. So it's, it's a different world here. But think of... Think of the $150 phone world, like Moto E with micro SD port, like, You're leaving out the most important feature, though. Oh, the 6,000 milliamp hour battery? milliamp battery life. That's that's insane. I mean... It's going to be nuts. Is this a three-day phone? It's like, wow. Yeah, it is a three-day phone. For sure. And that's another thing, you know, that is really impressive about a lot of these Chinese phones. A lot of them come with, you know, 4,000 plus, 5,000 sometimes, yeah. and now 6,000. This is not the only phone with 6,000. There's been others. But, no, but... But this is uh, pretty impressive. For $129? That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so the Poco M3, I'll have a review in it soon. Stay tuned. Keep an eye out for an unboxing videos. The colors are cool. The material is all plastic, but it looks like that's Nokia plastic back in the day, like really well done, really high quality. And that's yeah. one another thing about it. This this phone, at least in renders and in photos, looks premium-ish despite being plastic, despite being really affordable. And, and the cameras are interesting too. It has, I think, a 48 megapixel main sensor. Which, again, at this price point is unheard of, you know. So, I, I don't know. I think this is exciting to me. It doesn't have, like, an ultra-wide. That's the one thing that's going to be a bummer. Because that, once you're used to having an ultra-wide, it's like, you know. You're getting more RAM, more storage, more battery. 
a better screen and a better camera system than anything like a Moto E or Moto G Fast would bring to the mm-hmm. table, which is what in the US is roughly in that price range. And these Moto phones aren't bad. And speaking of nice quick segue, I don't want to get into it in the specs, but Moto just launched the E7, the seventh generation E in Europe and in Latin America. And if you look at the pricing, you know, and at the specs, it's night and day. You'll go for the Poco every day of the week. Two gigs mm-hmm. of RAM on the Moto E7. Like, you don't mm-hmm. want a phone with less than four gigs of RAM for Android. Six no. is the sweet spot. So, you know, I don't know. It's interesting to me. Much that, smaller battery, too. Yeah, for sure. It's only 4,000 milliamps. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a couple of more news items I want to jump on. I want to talk about the the OnePlus 9 Pro and 9. There's basically been a bunch of bunch of OnePlus 9 Pro and OnePlus 9 leaks lately. Mm-hmm. I tend to ignore leaks until I find some nugget in there that's like, woo, this is cool. And in right. this case, I think we're getting enough information now to see what what where OnePlus is going with their flagship, their real flagship. Like to me, a lot of people are upset at OnePlus for you know, I reviewed the N10 5G, the the, the cheaper Nord, the mid-range mm-hmm. Nord, and mm-hmm. it was a disappointment, Judy. I, I don't know if you read my review on Geekspin and on Hot Hardware, and it's not where OnePlus should be going. In fact, I have now, I talked about this on the show last week, I have a Realme 7 5G, which is also from BBK Group. It's the Realme brand, mm-hmm. which is cheaper and a better phone with better specs so OnePlus really could have done way better with that phone. So, but the Nord, the original Nord, is a masterpiece, and the eight series I think is a solid, a solid phones. All three of the eight mm-hmm. series, including the eight T you just reviewed. Yes. Uh, again, we've talked about the eight T a lot in the show. I will point people to your review so that they have a point of view. Thank you. For me, as an eight Pro user, every day, mm-hmm. I am really curious to see where you know if OnePlus is messing up this mid-range, low mid-range thing. Maybe they'll they'll correct on that and, and we'll be okay, but I hope they don't mess up their bread and butter, right? Oh God, I no. do feel yeah. that with the AT, they messed up the pricing in the US. And, and I understand why they messed it up because here's the thing. They brought the AT to the US. The carrier said, we're not interested. And that was the first problem they had because mm-hmm. the carriers are still selling the eight and Verizon has a custom eight called the 8V with millimeter wave. So it's a custom mm-hmm. phone, has different button positions and everything. So imagine you're a carrier and OnePlus every six months comes through and says, hey, look, this is an incremental update. It's got a, a slightly better screen and, and that's it really, basically. Oh, and the super crazy 65 watt charging. And the carriers are like, get out of here. We're like, we're barely selling the eight. Like, you get out of here. Yeah, they're like, we'll wait for the next one. So then OnePlus goes, what do I do about, what do we do about the AT pricing in the US? Like, of course, the 8 has been discounted now to 600 mm-hmm. most carriers, except for Verizon. And so they went in, they're like, oh, we know, we know. If we sell it with 12 gigs of RAM and 256 gigs of storage, like the, the top range, we can justify the $750 price. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, in a vacuum, no problem. This makes perfect sense. In the UK, where it's priced right and it comes as 8 gig, 128, no problem. But I think in the US, if you look at what Samsung's doing with the S20 Fan Edition, which mm-hmm. is cheaper by $50 and has better specs across the board. Yes, the software is not as nice. You know, yes, it doesn't come with 12 gigs of RAM. But man, like I think OnePlus dropped the ball. I think they were, I think they has, they were stuck in a corner between the carriers. And that's also why we didn't get the Nord in the US because the Nord is so right. close to the 8 
that the carriers would have said, are you freaking kidding me? You're selling this phone for 450 yeah. US dollars and it's almost as good as our $700 flagship that you're trying yeah. to pawn on us. Yeah. So I think the problem is one kind of back themselves into a corner, at least in the US market, which is why a lot of the criticism we're seeing. For me, really, it's the pricing. I love that phone. I absolutely love it. Wireless charging missing is a big miss for me because I'm on the 8 Pro and I love wireless charging, right? It's a problem, yeah. But I think overall, it's a phenomenal phone. But man, 750 for that when I can get so many other great phones at that price point is a hard sell. So the 9 Pro, we're looking like, it's going to have curved edges, which is what I want to bring I up saw. mostly. Because yeah. OnePlus, why? We keep telling you. I guess it's because you want to make a big phone and keep it narrow. I get it. I get it. But why not go 21 by 9? You know? Yeah. I don't know. It looks hot, though. I like the camera pod. Again, I like the more blingy, more obvious camera pods. I, I like this. Who are, I think it was Ryan Hager on the show recently where we talked about how I don't like camera pods in the middle. Like, I'm now really yeah. big fan of offset to the left or to the right camera pods. It's weird. So anyway, I'll, I'll link to a story from The Verge because there's a lot of stories out there, but I wanted to kind of touch on it. Then And then speaking of Samsung, you know, again, I've, we've had a lot of Galaxy S21, whatever it's going to be, S30, S21 mm -hmm. rumors. But this one I felt was interesting because um, we finally have a full set of specs. And... Uh, it's exactly what you'd expect. I mean, you've used the S20 series quite a bit. Of course, you have oh, the yeah. S20 Ultra, the mm -hmm. worst of the three, in my opinion. <laughs> yes, I agree. And you warned me and I didn't listen. But anyway. <laughs> well, look, at the time, what you told me made perfect sense. You're an AT&T customer. You can get a good yeah. deal. The camera yeah. is pretty solid still. I mean, it's not as good as <laughs> you know, but it's still very good. And you like big phones. And I do. The nice thing about the S20s, Right, all of them, including the fan edition, is that they support almost everything in terms of bands in the US. Of yes. course, the S20 Plus and the S20 Ultra, and I think the Verizon version of the S20 Base support millimeter wave. Uh, you don't get millimeter wave on the fan edition. You know, you don't get millimeter wave on some phones. Like the, the same with the Note, right? The Note 20, you get millimeter wave. Mm -hmm. and the Note 20 Ultra, you get millimeter wave. But that's the first time we've seen the entire Note range get millimeter wave from the get-go. So, you know, it's coming, but Samsung is really the only company out there with maybe Google with a Pixel 5 providing an out-of-the-box, you get millimeter wave, whether you like right. it or not, you're going to pay for it whether you like it or not, which could be a problem. It's not a problem when you spend $1,200 on a phone, but it's a problem when you spend $700 on a mid-range phone yeah. like the Pixel 5, which is the other thing. I reviewed it around the same time as the 8T, and I felt the pricing was was too high for the pixel 5 for what it is because it's a good phone yeah. but it's not 700 dollars worth so what's yeah. your take you 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 think these phones are interesting you think the pricing is uh, pricing is confusing right now i think in the u.s between the mid-range and the high end i think that the more value any phone manufacturer can give you for less money is better right now i think that i would like to see the end honestly for at least a while, a moratorium, if you will, on $1,200 phones, on $1,000 yeah. phones. I feel like everybody is hurting right now, unless you're part of the 1%. And so if you make me feel like you're giving me something without charging me an arm and a leg, and if it's something that I need and something I appreciate and it runs super well, you're going to get a loyal customer. And I think that 
I think that the days of just dropping that kind of money without thinking about it, I think a lot of people have had kind of a shift. You know, they want something that's going to last a little bit longer and keep them happier. And I mean, maybe it's just me, but I'm just kind of looking at things and thinking about waste and thinking about what do I want versus what do I need and what what would make me happy, you know? And I would really like people to think about value and specs, of course, but not, oh, I'm rocking the newest, you know, this particular brand, this particular model, and it happens to cost $1,300, you know? I mean, I spent $1,500. I got the top of the line Samsung S20 Ultra, but I don't even use it now. So it's (laughs) wasted money. Think about that. It is a waste. And it's like, I don't want to do that. I mean, how many people can, that's not sustainable. So what are you using? I don't know. I'm sorry. I went down a whole different deal. Um, Honestly, right? I just finished the 8T review and I meant to move over. I've got to do a quick write up on the Samsung um, Fold Z and or Z Fold. Sorry. And I need to write this up, but it's like, I don't want to leave the 8T. But because yeah. there's no Wi-Fi calling on the AT and because it doesn't have the wireless charging, those are the two things that are the only real flaws that I found with it. But after I'm done with that, I'll finally write my um, Pixel 5 review, which <laughs> I've been putting off. Because honestly, I think that when I'm done with all of these phones, since I can't move to the wing, since it's a Verizon right. phone, Right. I will likely go back to my Pixel 4 XL. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. honestly think I will because I get Wi-Fi calling on that. It charges. It's got great cameras and it's yeah. the right size for me. The 5 is too small. Yeah, I think the problem with the Pixel 5 is way too small. I, that's why I'm too not going to switch to it. Yeah. Yeah, I can't do it. I'm going to wait <laughs> to see what OnePlus brings with the 9 Pro. And right now I'm going to mm-hmm. hang tight to my 8 Pro. Despite the fact that it doesn't have call screening, which I still miss so hard. Yeah, um, But yeah. it's a big phone with a really good camera. And that's yeah. the other thing, you know, that kind of vexed me about the AT. The Pro mm-hmm. camera, right, as you know, has yeah. this, the, the better special 48 megapixel main sensor, Sony yes. IMX 689. Uh-huh. And then the ultra wide has the same sensor as the main sensor on the 8 and 8T. And I really thought that for that price, we were going to get the 689 as the main sensor on the 8T. That they wouldn't give us the better ultra-wide, but they would give us the better main sensor. They right. didn't. And that's when I was like, okay, between that and wireless charging, I'm like, I don't need 12 gigs of RAM and 256 gigs. I have it on my 8 Pro because it's a review unit, mm-hmm. but I don't need it. And I wish right. if OnePlus had sold for 700 bucks the 8T, with wireless charging, a slightly better camera. Of course, the 8 Pro would have been very challenged. You know, I get that. But yeah, I think they they made such good phone with the 8 and the 8 Pro and the carriers mm-hmm. picked them up, the 8 at least, and that they were they were stuck in a corner, at least for the US market on the 8T. And they're like, what can we do? And oh, let's just bump the RAM and storage. And it looks good on paper. Well, they also gave us the flat screen because the 8 and the 8 Pro, they were- Oh, and the flat screen. Yeah, the flat screen is 65 watt charging. The 65 watt charging is pretty cool. It's cool, but when do you use that? It's already fast enough at 30 watt, you know? Well, that that was the one thing I mentioned in my review. I would rather have had wireless charging in this phone than to have the 65 watt, because warp charge 65, excuse me, just because I'm not going anywhere. Right. I'm here at my house. I wanna, I wanna be That's able to I'm lay saying. my phone down on the charger or set it in my in my, 
a pros dock next to my monitor and I want to be able to charge it. And I, what's funny, I can't tell you how many times in the first few days that I was reviewing this, I would set my phone in the dock and then look at it later in consternation. Why, Why it, is it not charging? And I knew <laughs> it wasn't wireless. I knew it wasn't going into it, but I yep. still in my mind, why aren't you wireless, you know? So yeah. it's like, yes, it's really amazing that if you are out and about, once we're able to do that again, that you could really put a top off on your phone that matters with 15 minutes. But right now, when the hell do I need to do that? I don't, you know, it's cool, but... That's the other challenge. But back to your pricing thing, I think it's interesting. I mean, I 100% agree with you that people need more accessible prices and phones in the five to $700 range right now are kind of mm -hmm. what really the new flagship, you know, yes. even though some of them are 765G phones, which by the way, don't let that deter you. Like 765G phones are so close to 865. Unless so you're close. a hardcore gamer, you really are not going to notice the difference. Um, but that being said, I'm worried and wondering what you think of the fact that a lot of Americans, even Americans that don't necessarily have the means right now, are mm -hmm. still going into a carrier store and blindly signing a two-year contract for an iPhone 12 or a Galaxy S20 Ultra or Note 20 Ultra for $50 a month, not realizing that they're going to pay $1,200, $1,500 over a two-year period. How do we break that? I mean, I'm trying to educate as many folks but I, as I can, but my audience is already tech-savvy early adopters. Everybody listening to this podcast right, knows better right. and buys their phones unlocked. The only time they buy a phone locked or carrier from a carrier is when they can get a super good deal and they're smart. They know about that and they get it unlocked eventually right. after they're, they're allowed to, right? But like the average mom and pop Joe, you know, that lives in your 100,000 people town you know, they need a new phone and, and they're bombarded by television and radio and media and social with, oh, Galaxy S20 Ultra and right, iPhone 12 right, Pro right. Max. And what do they do? They, they, they just ruin themselves. Well, here's the thing. I think that there are two ways to look at that. One of them is that, yes, they are going and buying a very expensive phone and they're putting themselves into debt basically for two years. But for some of them, I think that they don't have $650 or $700 even right. to just Up go front, pay for yeah. an unlocked phone. So knowing that they can put it into a bite-sized payment for them lessens the sting a little bit and it gives them a nice phone. I mean, I get that. It's not ideal, but I get it. So, so that's what it is. And I don't think you can necessarily educate them that that this isn't a good deal for them because what they're looking at is they're not necessarily paying interest. I mean, generally these are just, right. you know, it's, yeah, there's no interest. You're just making payments on the phone and they're like, okay, fine. I can use this phone for two years. I'll pay it off or 18 months or 36 months, whatever agreement they get into. And it's only, you know, $5, depending on the phone you get to 55 or $65 yeah. a month, you know, and, and that to them is bite size. They can handle that. And I get it. And not only that, but if you buy a cheaper phone, like you buy the S20 or like, you know, the price difference per month is really not that big. Right. Mm -mm. And and yeah. I get it. Like the, of all the nice things they have, they might not have a nice car. They might not have a nice home. They might not have a nice TV, but right. they need a phone. Everybody needs a phone. So they're going to go, I'm going to spend my money on that phone. And I get that. Like, totally, I don't want to negate that. I'm just saying that. Yeah. You know, I wish like 
I think with the S20 Fan Edition, because it's sold by Samsung, you can get 0% interest on monthly mm-hmm. payments with it, which I think is definitely in the step in the right direction because the monthly payment is pretty low on that phone. Mm-hmm. And OnePlus, I think, has some good deals as well on monthly payments. Yes. But I think that's still not from a carrier, right? So people are immediately put off by that. And and I hate, I wish I could tell them, like, you know, also, you know, if you have a credit card, like, of course, you're going to pay interest. But if you have a credit card, sure. like, you can afford that $600 Pixel uh, on sale, Pixel 5 on sale during Black Friday, right? Yeah, make a larger payment for a few months and you're done. It's not this two-year lock-in or one-year lock-in. It's like, just budget it and get it done. Yeah. And more importantly, if you live out in like you do and all of a sudden like <laughs> Verizon brings 5G or T-Mobile yeah. hum, somehow gets gets 5G your way, then you might want to switch and you you can. You don't have to do anything. You just go to the store, port your number, get a new SIM card. Your phone exactly. doesn't care. Everything just works. And whereas now you're stuck with a, a Galaxy S20 Ultra that you spent, you know, fifteen hundred dollars on yeah and they're like they're like fighting with you about unlocking it and when you do unlock it you have all this firmware and software optimized for the old carrier and things don't work to be fair they will not fight you about unlocking it but they're going to make you pay it off so if you owe seven hundred dollars on that phone you need to come up with it you know so that's Uh. that's the thing otherwise if you've paid it off they will unlock it but it won't be specific to whatever carrier you're moving it to. It may not work as well. Who knows? I mean, it just depends. It's getting a little better about that now. Phones are including so many different radios. But do you remember back in the day when, like, if you were with AT&T and you wanted to go to Verizon, your phone would not work because of the whole CDMA and GSM thing? Yeah. And now now yep. it's better. But there are still some different bands, you know, between the different carriers. So if you have a specific AT&T phone and you want to move to another carrier, there could be an issue. So I don't know. Unlocked is always the way to go as far as I'm concerned, if you can do it. If you can do it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to, you know, I don't want people to think I'm trying to be elitist by telling people that they should buy their phones up front unlocked. I understand there's a certain barrier to that. Like, I always think about that. But I feel like you're better off in the long run if you can swing you it are. and do it, you know. You and, are. Uh, and especially, it's the, to me, it's the freedom. It's the most important tool that you have. Yeah. And it's like, imagine you bought a car and you could only fill it up at shell stations. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. It's like, That's a what? great like, comparison, that's not, yes. You would never go for that. So um, quickly, since we want to wrap up, I want to, uh, <laughs> and speaking of phones that are affordable, what Black Friday deals can I find on Gear Diary right now about phones that you feel are significant? You can just name the phones. I will link to a link you're going to send me and put it in the show notes. Well, simple. I told you about the LG um, Wing, but there's also quite a few other LG models. Um, Verizon is doing a TCL deal right now for $120. Um, Let's see, what else? Oh, TCL is also selling their phone. Let me back that up. I just looked at the wrong paper. Anyway, you can get a free Nokia with the extra long 8 5G name for um, free on (laughs) Verizon. (laughs) Yeah. And um, TCL is selling their... um, I think it's the 10 Pro for um, 314. So it's usually 399. So it's not bad. 
So yeah, that's what the Verizon deal was. Sorry, that's 120 and it's usually 399. So those are some good phone deals that are going on right now. OnePlus may still be doing their $100 off sale that we wrote about in our gift guide. I think that's also going on for Black Friday. I mean, Friday. that's been ongoing for a while in the 8 and 8 Pro, right? It has, but when you get a letter from a PR person, they always say, oh, oh yeah, this is our Black Friday deal, even though it's been going on for six weeks. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. so. The point I was trying to get to was that these are two good, really good deals. Getting in OnePlus yeah, right now, yeah. if you're looking at the AT and you can live with the curved screen, like the 8 is 99% of the same phone for $100, $150. Absolutely. Absolutely. So cool. Well, Judy, do <laughs> you want to tell folks on the show where they can find you on the internet, pimp your diary and all that good stuff? Pimp it, huh? Okay. So yeah, as pimp she it. said, you can find me at geardiary.com and I'm on Instagram at, at geardiary and on Twitter at, at geardiary. So come say hi. Yeah, you should do that. And folks, you know where to find me on the internet. I'm at Tankgirl, that's T-N-K-G-R-L, like Tankgirl the comic book, but drop the vowels. And I'm on Twitter at that handle and on Instagram. Twitter is where you should go to comment on this show and discuss it with me. Instagram is where you'll find pretty pictures of phones and pretty pictures taken with the phones I'm reviewing. So check that out. There's also a couple of YouTube channels you should check out. There's youtube.com slash mobile tech podcast, which is the main channel we have. Have, which has the phones and the headphones and the things that matter to me that I review uh, for the for my various publications. Basically, I do unboxings a lot and maybe some hands-ons and stuff sometimes. So check that out if you want visual content to go with the podcast. That's where to go. We also have a second channel now called YouTube.com/MobileTechMore, which we're just starting up. So please subscribe. We need the subscribers so we can monetize. This is a channel that's going to show you like weird things that we sent, got sent that are cool tech things like. We got a blender that has a USB-C port and charges and is portable. So you, you can make margaritas anywhere you go. It's really cool. We got an air purifier from Xiaomi we're going to be reviewing soon. We got a vo robot vacuum in the queue, this kind of stuff. So it's still tech. It's still connected. It's still like the blender doesn't have any smarts, but it has USB-C. <laughs> like how often do you see USB-C blender? Okay. So stuff like that. And then um, we have, of course, the podcast that lives at mobiletechpodcast.com. So please subscribe, all that stuff stuff. We're also on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Spotify. So you don't have to go to the URL. If you want to find us, any good podcast app will have the show. And if you can rate or review the podcast in your app, please do so. That really helps tell other people what to expect from the show. There is a donate link in the show notes. If you can donate, please do. It's a PayPal link. Any donation would be appreciated. And I do want to thank our sponsor, Audible, who's been with us since the very early days of the show, if you want to help the show and you also want to help Audible at the same time, there's a really good deal. AudibleTrial.com slash mobile tech is the URL. That's AudibleTrial.com slash mobile tech. So what do you get? You get a month free and you get to keep a book at the end whether you stay or not. It's a pretty good deal. You don't have to stick around if you don't like to. You click through, you help the podcast, everybody's happy. But here's the thing. You should stick around because Audible is amazing. If you like books like I do, you have no reason not to become a subscriber. You get a ton of books to choose from. A lot of them are read by the authors. Some of them are these epic readings that last like 10, 12 hours. And, you know, if you want long-form audio this is the way to go. Like a podcast is nice. It's an hour, but you know, you want something for a road trip or something. There you go. I love reading. I love books. And sometimes I can't read them. I want to listen to them instead. And Audible helps me with that. So they can do it for you. AudibleTrial.com slash mobile tech. Check them out. I want to thank them for being longtime 
sponsors of this show. And Judy, thanks for being on the podcast again. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. It's always good to talk to you. Yes, I'll have you on again soon, I'm sure. And then, folks, we'll have another show next week. It's actually a pretty special and exciting show, so stay tuned for that. Until then, cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.